Amen. While you standing there, come on, let's just continue to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. He is worthy. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy. It's such a blessing to be in the house of God. Amen. Not just being in a physical building, but it's just a blessing to be a part of the house. Because how many of y'all understand that, that we are a part of the house? We are his building. We are his building, so everywhere we are, we can have church. No matter where we at, we can always have church. Amen? And, and, and something about that song that they were singing, amen, and just really understanding some things about God. See, God didn't just, God didn't just want us to build on a solid foundation. Y'all understand that he gave us a name within a stone? In other words, he gave us a name within something solid. And the Bible also helps us to understand that now he builds on us. He builds on us. Not only that, not only do he want us to come into the sanctuary and give unto him praise, but the Bible helps us to understand that we are his sanctuary. We are a place where he also comes in and dwells. We're a place where he also comes in that he can also be glorified. Amen? That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve, and he is worthy of the praise. I'm learning more and more how to remain in a posture of thanksgiving. I'm learning more and more how to stay in a posture of worship because I understand that you can never go wrong from there. That song is not a lie. Better is one day in this course. Better is one day in this house. Come on. Better is one day. We have to understand what it is that song is saying. It helping us to keep a day's posture. It helping us to keep a day's posture. Better is one day in this house. Better is one day in this course. Do you understand that according to scripture, the Bible says that while it is said today, come on, in your seeking, he says, seek ye first. We's talking about today. That's worship. Why? Because anything outside of a day's worship actually causes us to take away from the worship he desires. It's a day's worship. Outside of today takes you outside of better. We experience better every day. But while it is said today, I don't have to take doubt for what tomorrow will bring, but while it is said today, let me experience his better today. Let me experience his better today. While it is said today, bless him today. We have to learn how to stay in a today's posture of worship, a today's posture of thanksgiving. I promise you that if you can stay in that posture, there are certain things that you fight with from day to day you will no longer fight with. <laughs> Amen. We serve an awesome God. We serve a mighty God. My God, it's a blessing to be in the house. We thank God. Amen. Just for being here. Uh, thank God for our spiritual parents. Apostle, uh, Apostle Merritt and Pastor Tiffany Merritt. We just thank God for our brothers and sisters of the fellowship. Amen. Thank God for my beautiful wife. Amen. Now, we do have some people that is missing today. 
Amen. Uh, some had, um, had to work, uh, but nevertheless, we all plan on being here next week. But I just thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for those Arisen Assembly family that did show up today. Amen. We're family. Amen. We're family. And listen, I don't want to prolong the time. It's just a blessing. I'm going to go to Acts 5. I'm going to go to Acts 5, 11 through 15. It's just a blessing how God does things. You know, on, on this past Wednesday, I was just in prayer, man, just really blessing God. And God began to take me back to a word that I dealt with some years ago. And he began to give me more insight um, in that word, right? And while he was, uh, while he calls me to go back to that, he begins to deal with me even just concerning the spirit. Even just concerning the spirit and how we neglect many times dealing with the spirit. We want what God um, has. We want the life of God, but we fail to realize many times that the life of God is in the spirit of God. It's in the spirit. His life is in the spirit. Amen. And just uh, beginning to look at things, we come in on Friday and Saturday to our leadership, apostle gets up and he just begins to talk about the spirit and how it's just really been neglected. Um, just some things he started uh, touching on, even um, dealing with the apostolic. Just so many things God began to uh, place in my heart and I didn't understand why. And I'm still learning just how God moves. Amen. And God, I'm like, God, why here? Not knowing that Saturday evening I'm going to be asked to preach. Okay. Okay. How you feel about that? I ain't going to say no. See, we have to understand. Because the only reason why I would say no is to say because I don't have a word. Well, that's a problem. That's a problem because I'm a son. See, I'm not just called to remember word. I'm called to be word. I'm called to be word every day of my life. For me to say no is for me to say I don't have a word when his word is in me. The Bible says out of your belly, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's always a word flowing. Amen. There's always a word flowing. So let's go to Acts 5. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to Acts 5. Starting at verses 11. Look, see, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm looking at the wall. My goodness. <laughs> they told me, say, listen, we know you like to move around out there at uh, Risen, but you got to watch your step when you're on this. <laughs> Don't forget where you at. <laughs> My God. I told him if I fall or something, I'm going to make it a part of an um, illustration. Y'all will never know. Y'all will never know. I just told y'all now, though, so. But nevertheless, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Bible reads, And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And I deal with that, what, that, what, what he's talking about. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrote among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest does no man join himself to them. But the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord. 
multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow, somebody say the shadow, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by may overshadow, somebody say overshadow, some of them. Father, we just thank you. And we just bless you and we glorify you right now, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you and we bless you that you have given unto us ears to hear today. We, we thank you, Father, that we're not just here to hear your word, Lord God, but we're here to receive the spirit of your word. For you said that your word is quick and powerful. And we thank you right now, Lord God, that you help us to understand Lord God, the quickness in our hearing as we hear your word, Lord God, to now begin to be empowered to live out that word in our lives. We thank you, we bless you, and we glorify you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Somebody say amen. 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 Come on, you can have your seats. Amen. Well, amen. I listen, before I go into Acts 5, um, and, and deal with this, I kind of want to hit some things, so I just ask that you all bear with me. Because Acts 5 now was actually us beginning to see some stuff that, uh, that was taking place and that was brought to action because of what was previously done to those who were actually performed those actions. Amen? One of the things that I myself been dealing with even at Risen Assembly was the heart. I've been dealing with the heart because I find out and know that that is very key and very important because the Bible says, according to Ezekiel, he told Ezekiel, he said, listen, tell them that I'm going to give them a new heart and I'm going to put within them a new spirit. Now, you got to understand why he said what he said. See, he said, not only am I going to give you a, a new heart, but I'm going to put within you a new spirit. Then he begins to go on in the next verses and help us to understand why. See, many times there's things that we desire to do for God. Many times there's, uh, there's purposes and things that we know that God called us to and we're asking ourselves and trying to wonder why I can't do it. I want to love on God, but I don't understand why I can't really love on God like that. I want to worship God, but I can't understand why I don't worship God like that. He said, because that can only be done through me giving you a new heart and putting within you a new spirit. Because through that heart and that spirit is the life necessary for you to enter into what it is you've been trying to do all your life. So he said, I'm going to give you a new heart and I'm going to put within you a new spirit. His heart and his spirit can only come through us believing in Jesus Christ through whom his heart and his spirit comes. Ezekiel as a prophet was prophesying of Jesus. That new heart and that new spirit was coming and it was going to come through the son of God. Right? It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of Christ's life that God gives unto man to live in man's flesh, that man out of his flesh or man out of his or her body can live unto God. Right, right. Things 
that we desire to do but can't do in our own strength can only be done by the Spirit of God who strengthens us. It can only be done by the Spirit of God who strengthens us. It's key that we understand these things. It's the Spirit of truth. It's what leads us and guides us in all truth. Who brings all scriptures back to our remembrance. He is a comforter. He gives us Christ's mind. He causes us to walk in Christ's ways. He empowers us to do what he has already done. He empowers us to walk in his obedience. It is what actually seals us as becoming sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. To the degree that we are led by His Spirit, to that degree we can call ourselves sons and daughters of God. Because sons and daughters have the heart and the Spirit of the Father. We preach many times about getting things. We preach about having things and, and what we need to do to keep those things that we have. But the way to the Father and the Father having a way in the earth is necessary by the Spirit he sends in the sons. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way we could come to the Father after Christ died was through his spirit coming into us. He said the only way you're going to actually commune with the Father is by the spirit of communion coming into you. Other than that, you will not commune with the Father like I told you to commune with the Father because only the Spirit can empower you to commune. He said, if you're going to know the heart of the Father, if you're going to know the purpose of the Father, if you're going to know the will of the Father, then you must have the Spirit of the Father in you to be able to know what the Father desires to do in the earth, to do in your marriage, to do in your family, to do in your community, to do in the region, to do in every area that I call you to. The Spirit must come. I promise you it's going to go right into what I want to deal with. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the spirit of uh, the, the comforter would not come unto you. The spirit of truth would not come. I need to go so I can send my spirit. Why? Because I'm ready to go back to my father. I'm ready to sit back at the right hand of my father in power so that you can continue in the legacy in which I myself had already started in the earth. But you can only do it through the spirit coming. Mm. Spirit come. The book of Acts was the start of the church. It was the start of the church being empowered to act through the Spirit. It was the beginning of the church being empowered to act through the Spirit or to bring into action His work of salvation.
to bring into action his work of building, to bring into action his work of discipling, to bring into action his work of power, to transform and to make new, to bring into action his work of forgiveness, to bring into action his work of humility, to bring into action his work of increase. It's the book of Acts. Empowered to act. To bring into action. The day of Pentecost was a day of transformation. A day in which the lives of those who were endowed with power from on high and those affected by their transformation experienced something that they never experienced before. And that was being clothed with power or being equipped with power and the attention that was to come with that power they were now clothed with. They were empowered not to sit. They were empowered not to remain where they was. They were empowered to go into action. And not just them, but even their seeds. Transformation. Whenever there is transformation, I need y'all to hear this, there is also manifestation that continues through generations. See, it didn't start with Christ. It, it didn't start with Christ. It began with him. And it continued through generations. Amen? Through men and women of God. Through families. And he's speaking the same thing now. So wherever there is transformation, there is also manifestation that continues through generations. In other words, transformations would never end, would never come to an end. And because transformation would never end, the manifestation of healing would never end. The manifestation of his fruit would never end. The manifestation of his will being done in earth, even as it is in heaven, would never come to an end. That's why we still seeing it happen today. That's why the Bible talks about, and I gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelist pastors and teachers. That was over 2,000 years ago, and we're still seeing apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen. We're still seeing those things today because it never comes to an end. Our transformation now has everything to do with the formation of the generation after us. Our transformation now has everything to do with the formation of the generation after us. Their thought pattern being founded on God's thoughts towards them and not how they feel would be through us coming out of our feelings. It would be through us coming out of our thoughts and how we think and how we see God. See, we have to understand that it's bigger than just us. Our generation coming into formation comes through our transformation. There's things 
that we're called to live in front of our children, that they are to experience right now and never experience those things before we ever came into transformation. The things we wrestle with as parents, our children should not wrestle with, and they're coming up. They're not supposed to. That's good. Through transformation, through renewal, renew thought processes, renew speech, renew perception. Come on. Transformation is an, is, is an awakening to ache. That's what transformation is. That's what God was showing me. Because as we go into the scriptures, transformation, whenever there's transformation, there's actually an awakening to what? Act. Anytime there is transformation, sons are being made known. That makes known the son and the father. So now those who've been waiting in earnest expectation are the more added to the Lord through their actions. The scripture speaks of the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. How do you see that? How do you read that? How do you view that? It's bigger than us knowing what the scripture says. God wants us to understand what that looks like. For the creation waited on the earnest expectation, waited for an earnest expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. Do we just remember that creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God, or do we need to understand what that means? It ain't hard. In other words, the manifestation of God's power through sons. That's what they're waiting on. God's authority through sons. God's authority through his people. Sons meaning heirs are those through the death of Jesus Christ with faith and obedience and by the spirit of adoption has not inherited and continues in the legacy of the son himself as sons. The reason why we've been coming together, amen, and been praying, amen, seeking God's face, and even that the Holy Spirit to come is because our empowerment to continue in the legacy of the only begotten of the Father as sons and daughters can only come with the Spirit. It would not come with your confession. It would not come with your attendance. It would not come with your know-how. Amen. It would not come with your serving. Although those things are necessary in the body and those things are necessary in the kingdom. But only with the spirit can me and you continue in his legacy. Without his spirit, his legacy won't continue through us. But there will be those in which his legacy will continue in. But how many understand and know he wants us to be partakers? God wants us to be partakers of his kingdom work. He wants us to continue in his legacy. He wants us to replenish the earth and subdue it. He wants your lineage. He wants your children. 
He don't just want you to speak the storms. He wants your children to be able to speak the storms. He don't just want you as a parent to lay hands. He wants your children to be able to lay hands. He don't want you to just be able to cast out demons. He wants your children to be able to cast out demons. God desires all of us to become partakers of the work that he himself finished. Amen? Amen. Amen. Without the spirit of God, without the spirit of adoption, without the spirit of truth, without he that seals us and who is our guarantee that we will receive our inheritance, we will remain in the old status quo, never experiencing the new thing that God wants to do in us and through us. Well, one time you didn't like people. <laughs> But now you can't stay from around people. That's a new thing he wants to do with you. Well, one time your mind will, will be conformed to the things of this life. Where now because it's been formed in Christ's likeness, you can actually be one who partakes of minds being conformed. That's a new thing. Where one time, the boys, you didn't want to do people, but now you begin to understand your, your, your purpose, amen, in dealing with people. That's a new thing. Somebody say, Spirit, come. We can only watch it be done in and through others if we reject the spirit that desires to come. If we don't understand the significance of the Holy Spirit and we continue to do church, we continue to sing, we continue to praise, we continue to worship, we continue to pray without submitting and humbling ourselves to be clothed in his word or better yet the spirit of his word through obedience which now comes in with his spirit. We will be individuals who know how to do all the religious acts but never enter into our acting on his behalf he called us not to know how to do religious acts he called us to act on his behalf we're called to be those who act on his behalf the thief come to steal kill and destroy guess what he don't want he don't care nothing about your acting that's not what he's after. He don't care about your acting. He comes to keep you and I as members of the body from ever entering into action. He don't want our acting. He just want to make sure we never enter into action. He don't care about you acting in prayer. As long as your prayer don't ever enter into the action of the righteous, of the prayer of the righteous availeth much, he don't care. Because if it ever enter into that action, he knows that atmospheres can be shifted. He knows that towns can be shifted. He knows that hearts can be transformed. He don't care about your acting. He want to stop you from going into action. He don't care about you acting in worship. He don't care about you acting out sonship. Because you can act out sonship. As long as we don't ever enter into the action of sonship. Whoo, 
where his glory, his presence, his power, his authority, his judgment, his obedience, his grace, his love, his nature can be seen on in and releasing the earth through you. That's what he wants. Don't ever enter into the action of sonship. But keep on acting out sonship. We need the spirit so that we can continue in action. Acts 5 was them continuing in action. There was an action that had already started. The action had already started. They had to now continue in it. So let's go to Acts 5. Because I needed to show us that as a people so we can understand what's really taking place right here. It takes the spirit to do what we're about to witness that, take, that took place in the book of Acts chapter 5. Go to verse 12. As a matter of fact, go to verse... 11. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrote among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest does not man, does no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. After Peter, by the Holy Ghost, discerned and questioned Ananias and Sapphira concerning Satan filling their hearts to lie to the Holy Ghost, and they both fell dead with the young men wounding them up, carrying them out and burying them, the Bible goes on to say, and great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things and by the hands of the apostles, somebody say, were many signs and wonders wrote among the people. Now y'all got to catch that. What happened with Ananias and Sapphira was not a tragedy. <laughs> it was labeled with signs and wonders. It wasn't a tragedy what took place, but it was labeled with signs and wonders. Why? That great fear may come upon all the church and they that hear. There are times where supernatural moves of God may bring fear instead of excitement. Fear came upon all the church and those that heard. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrote among the people. What was the fear? It wasn't tragedy, but what was the fear? What did they actually fear? Because if you read on, you'll notice the Bible says that the more was added so they couldn't have feared to the degree they ran off. <laughs> they fear, they saw the power of God through man. They saw the power of God through man. 
Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. They saw the power of God being demonstrated through man. They saw God give man insight through the spirit on the scheme and the lie of Ananias and Sapphira to the degree that what Peter said would happen, happened and that was death. And it brought a division on the all who feared. It brought a division on the all who feared what they saw took place. Man, they heard a man say something that nobody else would have known but God himself. And it put fear in them. Not fear that caused them to run, but fear that caused them to be drawn. Man, if you can tell me this. Man, if you can say that and that happened. Man, if God knows this and he says it through you and you tell me this, then man, I fear. To the degree I need to get closer. There's no need in me keep going like I'm going. <laughs> if he can say that, then I can just imagine what else he can say and do. They show the power of God through men. The Bible says that all the church and they that heard, there was a division between the all. There was one group. Where the Bible says in um, verse 13, and the rest does no man join himself to them. But the people magnified them. They magnified them not because they were so great. They magnified them because they witnessed the one that was greater in them. That was what they feared. That, that fear brought them to magnify. They wasn't magnifying the men. They were magnifying the God that was in man. They didn't magnify them because they were an elite group of people. But they magnified them because they witnessed the higher authority in them that made them to be an out of this world people. Elite people are out of this world people. There are people that is not of this world. There are people that are of his world. There are people that are of his mind. There are people that is of his life. There are people that come from his land. There are people, amen, that is where he is. They are out of this world. Whew. Somebody say by the hands of the apostles. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. They was not on one accord. They were with one accord on Sol in Solomon's porch. They was not on one accord. Whew. I need y'all to follow me. The Bible says they was with one accord. With means together. It means accompanied by another person or thing. My, my. It helps us to understand the nature of those through who the signs and the wonders took place. 
the apostles, those who was a witness to the resurrection of Christ and sent by him to make disciples of all nations, give us an example of what one's life looks like who are with one accord. They were with one accord, not on one accord. They were with one accord as one man representing or representing the father and the son who is one. That's who they were. They were with one accord. These people were seeing the son legacy continue. These men were apostles. They were one with the one. They were accompanied by one. Apostle in the Greek is apostolos. And it means delegate. Or one sent forth. My God. Delegate or one sent forth. He ain't talking about an individual. Father, that even as you and I are one, I pray that they would be what? One. As you send me, I send them. I send them in one. An apostle is one sent forth. Not one individual of many that are one. Those men were apostles. They were those who were sent by God. We've been in this apostolic structure and what God is doing and really understanding apostolic ministry and the importance of it. And it's just amazing how God works. Amen. I know that this is a word for us all. Amen. Watch this. These men were apostles, meaning delegate or one sent forth. Not an individual, but many who are one with the one. They were given power of attorney. <laughs> Come on, leaders. They were given power of attorney from the Father. Remember, they're with one accord. They were given power of attorney from the Father and the Son by the Holy Spirit to be authorized to use God's resources to act on his behalf. Anybody that knows anything about a power of attorney, a power of attorney is one who can use somebody else's resources on their behalf. It's me understanding that true peace can only come from God, but because he now authorized me with his peace, I can take that resource and I can begin to use it in the earth. So now wherever I am, I don't care how chaotic it is, I have a right. I'm authorized to what? Lead peace. It's to take what belongs to someone else and be authorized to use it on their behalf. They had authority in the earth to use God's resource called image and likeness. I'm going to show you. They had authority in the earth 
to use God's resource called image and likeness. To now act on behalf of him who is spirit. You, are, you have those. I want to deal with these two groups and then I'm going to go into the resource. Because we need to understand and make sure that we don't find ourselves in this group. You have those. The Bible says that a fear came upon all the church. But as you read, you'll begin to find out that, that all was divided. There are those who dare not join themselves to them. Acts 5 and 17. Then the high priest rose up and all that were with him, which is the set of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, anger, and outrage. Amen. These were individuals who refused to be a part of what they just saw took place. And because they rejected, they began to be in anger and outrage. These were individuals in the church. Fear fell upon all the church. These were individuals in the church. The Sadducees was an office that is no longer in operation. But the spirit of that office still lives today. They were the ones who dared not join themselves to them. They were those who fulfilled various political social and religious roles including maintaining the temple are continuing in their priestly responsibilities as mandated in the Torah. These were those who comes to church because they have their duties and they do their duties well. They had their duties and they do them, and they do them well. These were those who comes to church, and they know all the rules and all the regulations, and they know all the rules and regulations well. Those who without a shadow of a doubt, you can trust that they're going to be there. Because they're big on attendance. And their attendance is well. <laughs> but they dare not join themselves to them. Their duty was more prevalent for them than being partakers of his life to do. We're robbed many times of duties and doing more so than us coming into the life he called us to enter into so that we can do. Do y'all understand that the Sadducees did not believe in life after death? So they remained dead folks, yet doing religious acts, having no power but full of knowledge. He said they dared not join themselves. Instead of joining themselves with the ones in which God now came through, they ended up being upset with them. They ended up looking at them like, who y'all think you are? 
who you think you is. You know, who you think God only can move through you and they miss the whole point. It was never to elevate them, but to elevate the God that was in them. They never embrace life after death. Therefore, they were full of knowledge and duty, but no spirit to do. I know what I need to do. I know what I need to let go of. I know the relationship I need to get out of. I know God desired me to pray more. I know God desired me to seek him more. I know God gave me enough seed and enough word that I should not continue to fight the same wars I've been fighting for the past five years. I know all of these things, but God, I just don't know. See, there's a knowing called knowledge, and then there's a knowing called intimacy. I can have knowledge and not have the intimacy. Intimacy always causes me to conceive. Conception can't come without intimacy. When Adam knew Eve, they conceived. He didn't just know her name, he knew her. <laughs> he knew her intimately. Amen. These are those that in the midst of everything that was taking place, they felt the spirit, but they were never filled with the spirit. They knew the spirit was there. They could see the spirit moving. They know and they see the atmosphere changing, but they were never filled themselves. Anger and outrage. They saw the spirit move. But they were never moved with the spirit. So they remain. Anger and outrage. What God was doing through them was for their benefit as well. They missed it. Jealousy. Envy. Hatred. Murmuring, complaining, and they miss. But the Bible helps us to understand that even in that group, there were those who were added to the Lord. Verse 14 says, and believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes both of men and women. What was a tragedy to some was an announcement to others to come and be added. We need to see that. It was a tragedy to some, but it was an announcement to others to come and be added. 
The Bible says that after they saw what took place, the more was added to the Lord. The more was added to the Lord, Tayana. Guess where they was not added to? Because we need to understand, they were not added to the building. They were added to the Lord. But now in being added to the Lord, you'll be added to the building. Okay? We can't overlook that. Because why? It shows us the grace of those in whom God uh, sees not as delegated authority. There is a grace on the lives of those who act on behalf of the king's action in the earth. They have a grace that causes those who don't see them as common, who doesn't see them as typical, who doesn't see them as undistinguished, can receive of the grace imparted to cause those individuals to be added to the one they were once divided from. There was a grace that was released from the apostles to cause those men and women who was at one time divided from the Lord to now begin to be added to the Lord. But they had to receive them for who they were and could not see them as the other group saw them. They was not undistinguished. They were distinguished. They were not ordinary. They was extraordinary. They were different. They were not common. There's grace that is imparted when we receive those who he sends. These men, known as apostles, had a grace on their lives to turn the heart of those who are in their realm of influence back to the Father. That's what took place. The grace that they had on their life not only caused those who now received that grace to turn, but that grace did something within those individuals that they themselves begin to see themselves doing what they normally would not do. And that was go and get others. Man, if, if, if God can do this for me, Man, if God is doing this in me, ain't no way I want my mom to miss out on this. Ain't no way I want my dad to miss out on this. Ain't no way I want my sister or brother to miss out on this. I want them to be able to be a partaker of what he done in my life. Look at what the Bible says. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick. Who is they that brought forth? Those who were added to the what? Lord. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow, <laughs> the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. I'm going to say this. 
Because I know many of us don't like it, and many, as I was telling them earlier today, are scared to preach it. Because of their carnal minds. But many of our healings, many of our deliverances, many of our breakthroughs, our freedom from bondages, the ability to come into stability will be by delegated authority. And we don't like that. We don't like the fact many times to hear that somebody else is going to be the reason for your deliverance. That somebody else is going to be your access to breakthrough. That's what Jesus was. And he ordained his apostles to do the same thing. And those that will hear them, and those that will hear them, and those that will hear them. And it goes on and on and on. That's why it's still going on right now. Can I show y'all in scripture? That at the least the shadow, I'm showing you, that at least the shadow of who? Peter, passing by. It was not to exalt man, but to put emphasis on who is in man and on man. Somebody say shadow. Do y'all know what shadow is? Shadow is shade. <laughs> I need y'all to think about this. When you go outside, I know many of y'all are going to do this right after the service. Y'all going to go outside and y'all just going to look because that's just how we do Shadow is behind me. <laughs> Shadow, watch this. I'm helping y'all to understand that it wasn't about them. It was about who was on them and in them. Shadow is defined as shade. Shade is caused by the interception of light. It's the interception of light. It's also an image Cast by an object and representing the form of that object. <laughs> Due to Peter's alignment, watch this. Due to Peter's alignment to the Father through the Son by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he took on an image that caused his presence to put forth an image that released an atmosphere of healing. His alignment with the sun was what actually caused him to release an image of healing. It's the interception of light. His alignment with the sun. Outside of the sun, he could not do it. He could not do it. That at the least the shadow of Peter, the image, the resource. It was the image that he has now taken on that qualified him as a delegate authority. And these individuals recognized it. Amen. Two truths. 
in this verse concerning Peter, concerning the apostles, and what we have to begin to understand as people today and understanding who God has placed over us today. Peter, mm, first of all, was not in the temple. He was in public. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. He was not in the temple. He was in public. He wasn't sitting or comfortable in duty. He was moving. He was passing by. There's an image that we bear that is bigger than the four walls. The image of peace that we say we have within the four walls must be the image that we carry out in public as well. The worship that I do within these four walls must be that same worship I do in public as well. When you see me here shouting, guess what? Even when you don't see me in my car, I'm still shouting. When you don't see me on my job, I'm still shouting. When you don't see me, when you don't see me within these four walls, guess what? When I'm home, I'm still blessing them. It wasn't just something that he found himself doing within the temple. His life wasn't built in the temple. Amen. But in and out. He was in public. And his light was still shining. <laughs> he was in public and he was still blessing the Lord he was in public and he still was the same <laughs> he was in public and he was still glorifying God he was in public and he still saw the father good It wasn't just what took place within the four walls. But he was in public. There was an image that Peter had not only in the church, but also outside the church that people recognized so to the degree they began to bring the sick that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. What we must understand, people of God, is that there is a position of authority that releases healing. And there is also a position of alignment that causes us to receive that healing. There's a position of authority that causes us to release, and then there's a position of alignment that causes us to receive. Somebody say shadow. One thing about the natural son, the natural son would never reposition itself for you or me. The natural son would never reposition itself for us. We position ourselves in it. We position ourselves in the son. The son don't change for us. We must find our position in him. Our position in the sun determines the effect our shadow will have on others as we are passing by. 
as we're going about our day, as we're doing our normal routine, as we're out and about, our position in the sun has everything to do with the effect that we have on those that we come into contact with every day of our life. The people were not just laid in the way. This is the position of alignment. They were positioned where Peter's shadow would be. <laughs> they wasn't just laid in the way. They were positioned where his shadow would be. They had at least the shadow of Peter. Outside of the shadow, they would not get it. Which means... Then their eyes had to be fastened to Peter's position in the sun. Stop looking at the man and looking at the woman and look at who they're positioning. They had to fasten their eyes on their position in the sun to be able to understand where they need to lay those who were sick. In other words, if Peter was in another realm of glory, they could see it and begin to align themselves there too. There are times we ought to see where God is moving the man and woman of God and instead of us looking at them and thinking something crazy, <laughs> we can begin to see, amen, and begin to position ourselves likewise. As they saw him move, as they saw him elevate, as they saw him lay down his life for the sake of being perfected in life, they began to align themselves accordingly. There's a position that we all are called to take. Remember that. If the disciples who were then apostles never honored Jesus and his position as the high priest, as the first apostle, amen, then they themselves would not receive of the honor in which those who they were later affect. We need to understand that. It's bigger than just us. We are joint heirs with Christ. To be joint heirs speaks of a side-by-side -side anointing. We continue in what he completed. Our following must eventually become his doing. They went from following to doing. Their following eventually went from following to them doing what they saw when they followed. Peter, as an apostle, was in a position where he could continue to move forward while yet at the same time be a blessing to those who was around him with his presence because of the presence that was on him. What was on him, precious, was getting on the people around him. What was in him, Marcel, was getting on the pe was getting in the people that was around him. 
without being in the way of the sun, there is no shadow to overshadow. Jesus is the way. If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Anytime the old is passed away, we walk in newness of that life that are passing by, we may release healing. Anytime the old mindset passes away, there's a mind that is renewed that actually calls us to release healing instead of just being the ones who always need the healing. At our passing by, we may release peace. At our passing by, we may release joy. At our passing by, we may release love. At our passing by, we may show people his goodness. At our passing by, we may show people his mercy. At our passing by, men may encounter his grace. At our passing by. The shadow of Peter speaks of a lifestyle produced through the Spirit of God that has the capability to overshadow or cover and cause those who are sick or in sin to be healed. Or watch this, to become another man. Or to cause them to become another woman. To cause transformation. What about Shikoradabosi? The promise is to all of us. The promise is sent to your children and your children's children and all that are afar off, even to as many as our Lord our God shall call. The promise of the Holy Spirit. That we can have right now today. It was not Peter they were seeking. They were seeking an image. That at least the shadow of Peter. They wasn't looking for Peter. They were looking for an image. That came forth from Peter. They knew what was on him. They knew what was in him. They saw his life. The shadow of Peter. They saw change. They saw power. They saw authority. They saw joy. They saw peace. They saw love. They saw faith. They got in the way hoping that they might be healed. And they were healed. It ain't so much about what we've been healed from, but what we've been healed to do. They sought to be healed. Do we look at what they sought to be healed from, or do we look at what they've been healed to do? They sought to be healed of sin, of their sickness, which separates us from God. To be healed 
of sin that separates us from God is to be healed so we can live life for the purposes of God. With God. Through God. And in God. Meaning in his persons. To be healed of living in darkness in the world is to actually be healed to do life as the light of the world. It's how you see it. Do I put emphasis on what I need to be healed from or do I put emphasis on what I've been healed to do? It doesn't stop, though. It doesn't stop at just being healed. But being healed stops us from being disabled. It don't stop at my healing. But I understand my healing stops me from being disabled. <laughs> they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. They, the multitudes, men and women, those in church and out of church, sinner and church goers, were so overtaken by their sickness, they were too weak to stand and they were too weak to move. They were too weak to fulfill purpose. They were too weak to go forth in destiny. They were too weak and too sick to bless them. They were sick. And I'm not talking about with the flu. I'm not talking about with a common cold. I ain't talking about with the coronavirus. Their sickness was sin. Their sickness was them still remaining in darkness. Come on. The, 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 the sick were sinners, but not those in the streets. Do y'all understand and know that we can sin as believers? My, my, my. They were not those in the streets, but they were brought to the streets. They were brought forth into the streets, which means they were in their houses or in a place of comfort and were brought to a place of exposure. They were those in darkness that could never see their way out of what they were in and had to be exposed to light. They brought them forth. Why? Because these individuals who brought them forth themselves been exposed to light. They recognized who was before them. And said, listen, I couldn't help you before but I know a place you can go. Come on. God is building us up as a people. That people say, listen, I know I couldn't help you, but I've been to a place. I've been to a place called Glorious Remnant Revival Community of Florence. I've been to a place called Glorious Remnant Revival of Darlington. Risen Assembly. Whatever church that stands on the kingdom of God. And said, there is there a man. A woman, a people 
who now the life of God is on and in. That if you get in the midst of that glory, the life of God will come upon and overtake your life. That the shadow of Peter passing by my overshadow some of them. Here's what we must understand. Do y'all know what overshadow means? Overshadow means to be more important or significant in comparison. That the shadow of Peter might overshadow. Overshadow means to be more important or significant in comparison. What overshadowed the people were more important than what they were in or going through. That's what we had to begin to understand. When you recognize the atmosphere that you're in, you have to begin to see that more important than what you're in. There are times where we have to recognize the presence of the king that is greater than what we are presently in. <laughs> see, it really doesn't matter what you're in. It really doesn't matter what you're going through and it really doesn't matter what you're facing. Right? The Bible says, but in his presence, there is what? Fullness of joy. Joy of never being lame again. Joy of never being blind again. Joy of never being controlled by sin again. Joy of never being deaf again. Joy of being able to be free to live in purpose and never be in bondage again. In his presence there is fullness of joy. Those individuals who are not joyful. But they were brought into the presence where joy was. Because of that man that now uh, was presently in God. Amen. They allow these individuals to carry them and to lay them in the street. They allowed themselves to be exposed. They didn't stop. They allowed it. Because they knew and they recognized who they were in the presence of. Man, they was in the presence of a king. They wasn't seeking Peter. They were seeking the king. But they knew through Peter they can find the king. They wasn't seeking Peter. They were seeking an image. They just knew that through Peter they can find that image. This isn't to exalt a man or a woman. This is to help us to understand what we as a people also are called to. But we can't ignore the fact that God has sent uh, men and women in our lives that we must submit and humble ourselves to, that many times we don't want to. There's things that we don't know many times. There's a way that we want to live for God that we just don't know how to live, and he puts it in a man. 
He puts it in a man and he puts him before you. He puts it in a woman and he puts it before you. And we must be humble enough to see it, recognize it, and begin to embrace it so that we ourselves will eventually be that man and that woman. Who bears the image of him who is one. I'm done. I'm done. Listen. What we have to understand as a people... Men are not just looking for any and everything. They're looking for extraordinary. They're not looking for common folks. People are not looking uh, 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 for just a, 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 a church service. Man, people are looking for glory. People are looking for presence. People are tired and they know that they're more to life than what it is that they face. And they need to see it. Not just read about it. Not just hear it. We're called to, to bear fruit. To bear image. They're looking for shadows. Somebody said we must be shadows. That overshadows. Come on, he placed it in all of us. Come on, it's the image of God. Come on, it's the image of God that we all have and have access to. Amen. Come on, let's bless God. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's bless the Lord.